Let's uh, pray. Lord, we bow before you at this morning hour, and we ask you to just open our eyes that we may see wonderful things in your law this morning. Holy Spirit, guide us as we look at these passages. Show us your truth and help us to show how this applies to us and affects our lives. I'm going to be uh, reading a passage from uh, John chapter 15, and we'll read verses 9 to 17 if you would like to. I'll give you a chance to find that in your Bibles. <coughs> it begins, As the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have spoken these things to you that, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. This is my command, love one another as I have loved you. No one has ever, no one has greater love than this, that, that someone will lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I do not call you slaves anymore because a slave doesn't know his master's business. I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I have heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed you so that you should go out and produce fruit that you, and that your fruit should remain, so that whatever you ask, in the Father's, ask the Father in my name, he will give you. This is what I command you, love one another. Join me in prayer, please. Heavenly Fa Father, we bow humbly before you in worship, adoration, and gratitude. We worship you because no one else is worthy of our worship. We adore and love you because you have first loved us. And we're grateful for all that you have done for us of which the greatest is that you gave your life and rose again from the grave so that we also could have life. We thank you for that, Lord. <clears throat> I pray this morning for the worshipers who are gathered here before you and those who are join, joining us via internet. Prepare our hearts, O oh Lord, for this time of worship and may our worship be acceptable to you. I pray for those among us who are not in good health or who are waiting for uh, results of diagnosis and so on, and also for those who are grieving the loss of a loved one this morning. Help them, Lord, to deal with the grief and the loss which many of us can't even imagine. We pray for those among us who may be seeking employment so that they may care for themselves and their families. Help them in their search for employment if they have not found. I pray for our church leaders that they may provide 
wise and godly direction and guidance for this flock of believers. We pray also this morning for wise leadership in government throughout our land and around the world. Give wisdom to those leaders so that they may govern us in righteousness. And above all, Lord, we pray for their salvation. <coughs> and we want to also especially remember our pastor Josh and his family and their travels. We thank you for him and his for commitment to the truth of your word. And we just pray, Lord, that your hand may rest upon his life and that he uh, may lead this body of believers in a Christ-honoring manner. We want to also allow your spirit to guide us into your truth this morning. Prepare us, prepare our hearts for the entrance of God's word. Give us hearts that are glad to receive and obey your word. Once again, Lord, receive our worship. May all we think and say and sing and do this morning be acceptable to you and bring glory to your holy name. Now, Lord, we recognize that every word of God is pure and that all scripture is given by God, inspired by God, and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness, so the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so I ask you to guide my lips as I speak this morning, that all I say will bring glory to your name and to you alone, that the ideas and thoughts spoken by my mouth this morning will be your thoughts and ideas and not my own. We pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. Daily as I open the scriptures, I think of a few things in my approach to the Word of God. We need to, I need to approach the Word of God prayerfully, asking the Holy Spirit to guide me into the truth of God's Word. Humbly, we must approach God in humility. He's, he's our creator, sustainer, and ruler. Desperately, we must be desperate for the truth and the Word of God is the only source of truth we have. Studiously, which means we need to approach the Word of God with an understanding of the original intended meaning. Obediently, obedient Obedience means personal application, application with understanding. We must understand the scriptures when we make application. The lack of understanding will only lead to misapplication. We must also approach joyfully and expectantly from a Christ-centered perspective. And today, as we, we want to apply all these principles as we look at this passage of scripture from a Christ-centered perspective. We need to also approach this passage communally, and that's what we're doing here today. As a community of believers, we're gonna take a look verse by verse 
phrase by phrase, word by word. We also do not want to isolate this passage from the rest of the Bible. Let the Bible interpret itself. We must not lose sight of the big picture, that is, the context of this scripture, this book, and all the inspired writings we have within this book, which we call the Bible. So I'm going to take us to First uh, John chapter 1, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 to 4 this morning. I'll give you a chance to find that in your Bibles if you want to follow along. <clears throat> this is how this chapter begins. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, the life that was revealed, and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship along with us, and indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things to you that our, jo our joy may be complete. <clears throat> I'm just going to give you a little bit of background on the first, second, and third letters John wrote. The three epistles, first, second, and third John, the Gospel of John and the Book of Revelation, were all written by the Apostle John, quite probably sometime around A.D. 90 to 95. He was an old man probably around 90 years of age. He was the only surviving apostle at the time. All the others had faced death by martyrdom. In the writing of the Gospel of John, he frequently refers to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. The first epistle of John was written to warn believers about dangerous false teachers who were uh, trying to mislead them. These teachers were teaching that the man Jesus was not the Christ, the Son of God. They said that God did not become a man. John tells the Christians that he is writing because it is very important to know and believe that Jesus Christ is both fully God and fully man. He also encourages these Christians to keep their faith in Christ strong and continue loving one another. He says Christians can know they are God's children if they love one another and if they obey God's commands. If I were to outline First uh, John, this is the outline I would use. Chapter 1, verses 1 to 4 is an introduction to the letter. Chapter 1, verse 5, to chapter 2, verse 29, I would entitle, Walking in the Light. Chapter 3, verse 1 to 4, verse 21, I would entitle, Love Must Fill Our Lives. Chapter 5, verse 1 to verse 12, Faith and Freedom from Doubts. Chapter 5, 13 to 21, 
conclusion. Today we're going to look only at the first four verses of chapter 1. This same writer who begins the Gospel of John in the beginning was the Word. This same writer who, who begins the Gospel, this is the same writer who begins the Gospel of John with in the beginning of the Word, was the Word. But the word begin, beginning is used in a little different sense here. In John chapter 1, Gospel of John chapter 1, he's referring to the Word as, have exist, as, as having existed before creation. But here he refers to his beginning before he was manifested. That is before he appeared as a babe in a manger, lived an exemplary life without sin, and completed the task for which his father had sent him. He says, we have heard, we have seen, we have handled with our hands. Seeing is greater than hearing, and handling is greater than seeing. <clears throat> Most of us here understand that the important things of life are not in the tangible things we touch and handle at all. Instead, they are the relationships we have with other people and with God and with fellow believers. We are born with a desire for these relationships. In this epistle, the Apostle John shows us how we can have real and meaningful relationships with God, with other believers in this present life and for all eternity. We're going to be together for all eternity as believers. The purpose of this letter is to bring us into right relationship with God and fellow believers. In verses 1 and 2, John tells us of that beginning of the relationship is Jesus Christ himself. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which, that eternal life which was with the Father and manifested to us. Let's look at that first phrase, that which was from the beginning. The, be the beginning the writer is referring to here is not the beginning of the world or creation for that matter. He's re referring to the beginning, uh, of what was before creation, when there was only God, and that's all there was, God. Genesis 1-1 begins with, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It's obvious that this is a reference to the beginning of creation, whereas the statement in John 1, verse, 1 John 1, verse 1, and in the Gospel of John by the same writer are more profound in the sense that the reference seems to speak more of his existence before creation. He existed before creation began. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, and without him nothing was made that has been made. Here again, it seems as if this passage is referring to the beginning of creation, but if we 
skip down to verse 14 of the same chapter, it reads, the word logos in the Greek was made flesh and made his dwelling among us. This is a clear reference to his manifestation. There are other references of his manifestation. At the beginning, at the time of his baptism by John the Baptist, recorded in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 19 to 34, I'm just going to read that passage. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Here's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about. After me comes a man who has surpassed me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed or manifested to Israel. And John testified, I watched the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see, the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testify that he is the Son of God. In this passage, we find several references to the manifestation of Christ. John the Baptist's introduction of him, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Secondly, he came up out of the water, and according to Matthew 3, verse 17, which reads, And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. His birth, death, and especially his resurrection are further demonstrations of his manifestation. First John 1, verse 1, that which was from the beginning. In both of these references, John, the writer of both, is taking us back to eternity past, to this one who was from the beginning. He has no beginning or end. This concept is impossible for our human minds to comprehend. The human mind is limited by time. To, to the human mind, everything must have a beginning and an end. Not so with God. He has no beginning or end. John is referring here to the eternally existent creator of everything. Logically, creation is not possible if the creator didn't exist before the creation began. Creation is only possible if God is eternal and he has no beginning or end. The next phrase we'll have a look at is, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our eyes have handled. What John is saying here is not a figment of his imagination. This eternal being, the one who was in the beginning, came to earth and John and others had personally, personal interaction with him. They heard him with their own ears. They saw him with their own eyes. They handled him, touched him with their own hands. John writes with certainty about events and experiences he himself is a witness to. What he is writing about is what he, John, has personally audibly heard, has seen with his eyes, he has studied, looked upon, he has touched, his hands have handled. Notice the implications for this, for his readers both then and throughout history and 
and throughout the history of the church and even today. The God of eternity has revealed himself to the human race in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. John here is writing an eyewitness account of what he himself witnessed, what he heard, what he saw, what he studied, and what he touched with his hands. As we later see in this epistle, at the time of this writing, false teaching was creeping into the church, and John here is setting the record straight, so to speak. A certain teaching called Gnosticism was being taught by some of these false teachers. Gnosticism, although it declares Christ to be God, denies the humanity of Christ. This is completely contrary to the teaching of the Word of God, which declares Christ to be fully God and fully man. If he was not a man, he couldn't identify with us. He was tempted in every way as we were, we are. The term son of man occurs 32 times in the Gospel of Matthew, 15 times in the book of Mark, 26 times in Luke, and 12 times in the Gospel of John. One must be a man in order to be called the son of man. By the way, the Jewish religious leaders knew very well what Jesus meant when he referred himself to himself as the Son of Man. He was identifying himself as their long-awaited Messiah manifested in the flesh. So Jesus was not some ghost or phantom figure they couldn't see or feel or relate to or touch. That is why John said, I heard him. I saw him, I studied him, I touched him. Christ says about himself in Luke chapter 24, verse 39, look at my hands and my feet, it is I myself. Touch me and see, for, the spirit, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. The next phrase we'll look at is the word of life. John speaks of him, that is the word, as the eternally existent being, as the word of life. He uses the plural terms our and we. It is not just John who witnessed these events, there were others. The Greek word used here is logos, which this is the same logos spoken of by the same writer in John chapter one, verse one, in the beginning was the word, Logos. This distinction belongs to the word, who is the origin of all life. He has given life to all creation, including us as human beings, and also has restored life, which was lost with the sin of Adam. <coughs> It was as if John were saying, this Logos we have been writing about and talking about, we have seen, we have heard, we have studied, we have touched. Now let me tell you about him. The life appeared is the next phrase. Some translations use the word manifested. Here is his life in reality and in technicolor we might say. The life is Christ himself. John says, 
we have seen and bear witness and declare to you, this is reality. Eternal life, which was with the Father. This statement is referring to Christ as having been with him in an eternal sense. We could ask ourselves the question, what is eternal life? In John 17, verse 3, in his prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane, he defines eternal life with this statement. This is eternal life, that they may know you, the, one, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So God the Father and Jesus Christ coexisted as one from before the beginning of creation and before his manifestation in the flesh. And has appeared to us, this is the next phrase, another reference to the manifestation of Christ. He, here he speaks of himself and the others also, who also witnessed this manifestation. We have seen, we have looked, at and our hands have touched. Let's go on to verse 3. That, that which we have seen and heard we declare to you that you may also have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son Jesus Christ. We proclaim to you this letter to his fellow believers is a proclamation or a declaration of what he himself and his fellow apostles had seen heard and touched. And they did more than just see and hear and touch. I think it's safe to assume they also studied him, especially after his resurrection and ascension into heaven, when their eyes were finally opened to the, real, to the reality of what they were witnessing. In the writing of this letter, he is declaring what they have witnessed. Next, we go on to the word fellowship. This declaration is being made so that he and his brothers and sisters in Christ may experience fellowship with each other. And further, that this fellowship depends on their fellowship with the Father and the Son. Fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship with the Father and the Son are primary and essential to fellowship with other believers. Without the fellowship of the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, there can be no fellowship of believers. Lastly, let's look at verse 4. We write this to make our joy complete. I think with His choice, his choice of the pronoun our here, means joy in the sense, not only of his own joy, but the joy of himself in a collective sense with the fellowship of believers. Himself and his brothers and sisters in Christ, our joy. The result of relationship with the Father, his Son, Jesus Christ, and with other believers as well. The result is completeness of joy. We see further reference to the term complete joy in John chapter 15, verse 11, which reads, I have told you this, that your joy may be complete. Our joy 
can only be complete when we are right in right relationship with the Father and with his Son and our fellow believers. So let's summarize what we have been talking about. Christ, our life, has eternally existed with the Father. Christ, our life, was manifested in the flesh. Through the man manifestation of Christ in the flesh, John has obtained fellowship with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Therefore, John makes the proclamation of what he has seen and heard, the basis of his fellowship with other believers. He, John, longs for the fullness of joy that comes to him and other believers when he shares the delight in the fellowship of the Father and the Son. I'm just going to conclude with a couple of questions. But first I have to find them. How is your relationship with the Father and with his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? If you are not in relationship with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ, you can enter into a personal relationship with him by repenting of your sin and returning to him in and turning to him in faith, believing that he gave his life in obedience to his Father for, your, for you personally. How's your relationship with your fellow believers? Love for our brothers and sisters in Christ is mandatory in order to have fellowship with them. And don't forget, we're going to have to spend eternity together, so we might as well learn how to get along here. <laughs>